Welcome to Podvant Guard. I'm Andrea Gazetta. I'm Katrina Davis. And I'm Jordan Lee Williams. And today we're talking about the McDonald's sisters. Hell yeah. yeah. Very excited because I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I have no idea what this is. Yeah, so it's they definitely uh, another female artist who is starting to get their due outside of their husbands and male classmates, but not nearly as much as they should. The loudest airplanes. The loudest airplanes. Holy shit. Really? Can you hear that? No. No. But it's weird because I can also hear a faint airplane on my side, so I couldn't tell if that's what you were talking about. We have simultaneous airplanes right now. (laughs) Oh, simultaneous airplanes is my ska band. Um, (laughs) So, yeah. So today we're going to talk about the McDonald sisters. Um, They are Glaswegian artists. uh, What is that? Glasgow. They're from Glasgow. Oh, okay. Oh, Uh, I didn't know that was what you... Call people from Glasgow. So I, there is a potential that I'm very wrong with that, but I watch a lot of documentaries about linguistics and Glaswegian is a very, very difficult accent to understand. Um, because I feel like Glaswinians is awkward. So yeah, I'm down with Glaswegian. <laughs> well, because then it's also like, because it's from Glasgow. So do you call them Glasgowians? Oh, cause no, that, but yeah. I, <laughs> so, um, yeah, most people don't know about these ladies and to get us into understanding them, uh, we are going to have to go over a few things. Um, first of all, uh, curvilinear curvilinear is a word that I am going to use constantly because that is just how I learned how to talk about Art Nouveau as a style. Um, but I actually did some research on curvilinear. So it describes any piece of work that is created through curving lines. It's very much exactly what it sounds like. And so there are very, very rarely any straight lines in a curvilinear piece. Um, But if you think of like Art Nouveau borders, how those become, it's these curved lines that become abstracted floral shapes. That's what that means. Okay. But it's actually, it is a style of ornamentation from Papua New Guinea. So that's kind of where we have to backtrack into the context of art history. Because at the time that Art Nouveau is happening, so you have early Art Nouveau, which is mostly in France. And that's the Toulouse-Lautrec of the art world where these posters are coming out um, inspired by UKOA and the Japanese floating world prints. But then we turn into the 20th century. So I actually, can I talk about my favorite book really fast? It does, it does tie into this. So 
If you are interested in art history, Meg's History of Graphic Design is the best uh, book that I've ever read. Um, It is basically a survey. It's kind of like the quick notes edition of all of human history. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, it starts with prehistory, brings it to modernity. And it goes through, and they do mention the McDonald's sisters. <laughs> so, uh... Leave it in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wait, did y'all hear that? Yeah. <laughs> what happened? Oh, Abner meowing. Oh! I yeah, 100% please. time stamp that meow. It just says A21 meow, so... No, oh, leave it in, though. We have to have it. <laughs> okay. I love it. Uh, he wants to be involved he's so vocal oh god (laughs) all right so we talked about curvilinear i apologize that is the one douchey art history term i am going to uh bring up a lot today to give the context of these women and why what they did Can we please leave all of Abner in, Katrina, please? Uh, yet I tried. I muted right after that. <laughs> so funny. Really tried. Okay, sorry. I'm here. Uh, to give the context of these women and why what they did was so interesting and revolutionary, but also explain why they did what they did. This is in the end of the 19th century and we're going into the 20th century so the end of the 1800s going into the 1900s and at that time women's suffrage is being talked about and at the time women are gaining an independence that they did not have before and that is evident in art history terms in the gibson girls So bicycles were invented and women became very autonomous because of it. They gained their independence because then they could go places by themselves. What are the Gibson girls? Bicycles. Huge in the women's suffrage Ladies are on the move. Hold on a second. Gibson girls are the names of bicycles? No, Gibson girls are a style of, um, there was an artist Gibson Katrina, I love that you. I thought you were shushing me, not no. after. Yes, I was like, I love that I'm trying to shush a cat. I'm just trying to silently be like, stop meowing. Like oh. he knows what that symbol means. He does not. Yeah, cats are known for listening and being compliant. So. <laughs> he does kind of he'll meow back in a way that I feel like he knows when I want him to be quiet sometimes like he'll meow yeah. really really loud and I'll go stop and he'll go wow like one last one before he like walks in the room yeah sorry Jesus. no okay. don't be sorry at all um so I'm trying to find very quickly because I was thinking of the one the most famous Gibson girl, because her story is gnarly as hell. The most famous Gibson girl? The musical artist? Um, she was like the muse and like a not a like a like a chorus girl almost. Like she probably sung and danced. 
but she was a performer that this oh. guy was obsessed with and she was super young and she was like this most like exploited from every angle it's a really good story oh shit no i had no idea um I was talking about Charles Gibson, and let me show you guys just yes. really quick so that yes. you can see what I am. The lady with the like big sexy this lady. Paw of curly hair. Yes. Yes. Okay. So this is at a time when I mean this was a revolutionary image of a woman on a bicycle because it meant that she was independent. It meant that she didn't have to go somewhere with a chaperone. It meant that she could go out and do things at a moment's notice. So the bicycle was a huge uh, game changer for women's autonomy. Um, Ooh, quick interjection. The real woman is Evelyn Nesbitt, I think is her name. And she was like the inspiration for that drawing. For that. So was that like an advertisement for a bicycle that was a that was an image for scribner's magazine that was the cover of an episode cover of an episode that was the cover of an edition of scribner's which is Um, for women is it like a women's magazine no i think it was an art magazine watch me have it all wrong I know they were using illustrations like that of women at the time to use ads, and then she he illustrated her, and she just shut it down for like yes. a bunch of other people. Like she became yes. the face. So Scribner's magazine was an American periodical. Okay. Um, so it's just it's a magazine, um, a periodical. I don't really know what it was about. It was probably all the stuff going on, like what's going on with yeah. potatoes and like whatever other news. <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I don't know I what mean... their news is. Back then. <laughs> okay. Women are on bicycles and it's causing an uproar. Exactly. I'm just trying to like piece. I'm trying to like piece together like how this ties into what you're talking. You know what I mean? Like I'm just. I guess I just don't understand. No, no, no. And so I'm trying to. So I'm. This is. I mean, we're talking about women's suffrage. We're talking about gains in independence okay and we are talking about the ability for women to leave the home okay so then you also have this enlightened enlightenment movement that's going on and we've talked about the enlightenment period before mm-hmm. on this podcast but it's just these ideas of scientific advancement like the turn of the century and the way that meg describes it in his textbook is that every turn of a century brings new possibilities, brings new hopes, and brings a change within the ways that we want to construct society. Is this the turn of the century that brought about bathing regularly too? Because... <laughs> I don't know, actually. I think it that was. That would be one of my favorite turns. <laughs> yeah, it that's a great be. turn. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you're Jordan setting the stage for where what the McDonald's sisters yes, are for what in. the world looked like at the mm-hmm. time that these women were working. So, okay, got it. So also concurrently to all of that, on a broad scale, on a smaller I shouldn't say smaller scale, but there's a Celtic revival happening at this time as well. Mm. Um, so Irish and Scottish ancient culture. Much like how the Renaissance is created because 
they were rediscovering ancient Roman and ancient Greek art and architecture. This period of Art Nouveau in Glasgow and this period of art itself in Glasgow, like Yeats, the poet, was the proponent of this. He's the one who started what is known as the Celtic Revival. Oh, so they were having um, so like happens. a macro version of this on their of their own heritage. Yes. So and this is happening. I mean, the Celtic revival, all of these things are happening right before our protagonists are born. Shit is so, Yeah. It's so it's crazy too, because I just looked up because I wanted to know, but so Ireland wasn't independent from Britain until 1937. No, they were a colonized nation. That's that crazy. Time. I didn't realize it was that long that, that long. they were colonized. Yeah, me either. So like yes. when, you know, when this is happening, there's still, it makes sense that there would be a Celtic revival because people are like, hey, this is kind of fucked up that you erased our culture and like we want it back. So that's kind yes. of what is happening. Yes. Uh, just like they do with everyone else. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, pretty fucking much. <laughs> yeah. No, and we don't think about white people as having lost their culture to the British, but the Irish and the Absolutely Scottish do. definitely, like... I mean, I know that they have carried with them the disdain for it still. Like, I know yes. enough to know that Britain, what they've taken away from them, because I know people that still have beef in their moms that, like, remind people... <laughs> That's very funny. So that's the new the new version of that that isn't quite as rich. It's just being like, yes. hey, don't forget, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's talk about the ladies that we are going to talk about. So Margaret and Frances McDonald, the McDonald sisters, they go to the Glasgow School of Art, which the years that they went... So this is why I was talking about suffrage, enlightenment, all of these things. Women had more opportunity to go to school. Mm -hmm. Women were then encouraged to go to higher education. The thing that makes them very different from other women at the time is that while most women went to just have a passion thing, they just wanted to go and learn art and then you know, they would go back to their husbands or they would find a husband or whatever, but it was not a monetary thing. It was more of the like needlepoint used to be for very rich women, mm -hmm. like as an etiquette thing. But the McDonald sisters were selling their art. Yeah. And they were exhibiting their art and they were very, they were huge proponents of themselves and they <sighs> wanted to make a living off of this. Were they renting their art to their dads for short periods of time? <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Is this something you've done? Oh, no, Katrina talked about doing that on the Lisa Frank episode. Oh, <laughs> It depends on how what their profit margin is for these needlepoint pieces. I get it. <laughs> Look, for $9.95, you can rent this for a day, Pops. What's up? Just a mere, I don't know what their monetary thing is. I was going to say a shilling, but it's not that old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I don't know about Glasgow. I don't so even know. What year, I mean, like, what year did they attend school? Like, I guess I'm trying to figure out, like, how old they were when they're doing this. 
So that was the note I was looking for because I couldn't find any ages of when they, like, so this is the thing. If you Google these women, you're going to find like six articles and they all say the same thing. And most of them talk about their husbands. It's very, uh, it's kind of hard to suss through this stuff. Um, Let me see. And why is everything about their husbands? Will you explain that or is that a thing of the time? I will. It's a combination of the two. Oh, okay. Uh, Margaret was born in 1865, and Francis was born in 1874. Oh, oh they're farther apart than I thought they would be. Yeah. So there's a there's a. I just imagine them being like 18 months apart for whatever reason. <laughs> well, the way that they worked. I mean, honestly, the fact that they weren't twins is crazy. Yeah. So, just to kind of drop the timeline for a second, they worked so closely together that they both signed everything that came out of their studio and oh. often forgot who made what. Oh, my God. OK, that's yes. pretty cool. <laughs> they worked so closely together, so constantly. I so, cannot imagine not even knowing if you finish something. Been like that might have, but yeah. maybe with writing, but art seems so visual and you're Personal. looking at it as you're doing it. Yes. But I do feel yeah. like I have at work been like, oh, that's a, I like that thing. And they'll be like, you wrote that. I'm like, could not have, <laughs> would have never thought I did that. Did not at all remember doing that. That's crazy though. Yeah, no, so they worked so closely together that, yeah, they just, they didn't know who made what. That was wow. kind of the point of their working relationship. Wow. That does transfer into the ways that they work with their husbands later on. Um, so every, even that being why, because everything is just so seamless and, like, melds together. Yes. And so, Andrea, you look really perplexed. Yeah, I'm just trying to th- figure out, I mean, like, I'm upset that the fact that they like had their own studio and then they got husbands because I'm like, no, stay independent forever. No, and them getting married truly changes the dynamic of their relationship. They were no longer that close. Um, They didn't really ever work together after that. And then they, uh, I mean, Margaret, is it Margaret? No, uh, Frances dies pretty young, like really Mm. young. Um. 12 years before Margaret. So it's just, oh, it's a pretty brutal uh, change in their relationship. But the reason I keep bringing up their husbands and the reason that I keep bringing up the Glasgow school is because while they were attending the, the Glasgow school, the headmaster points out that the two architectural apprentices that are taking night classes have a very similar style and complementary style to the two art students who are taking day classes and happen to be sisters. He points this out, gets them involved with each other, and then the four of them start collaborating. So Charles Rennie McIntosh and J. Herbert McNair are the two architectural apprentices. Um, I love that they were taking night classes. The girls were taking day classes. I know. They got set up. And they're introduced by a teacher. Yes. (laughs) The art meet cute. Yes. Um, And they worked 
obsessively together. The way that the sisters worked together, they then start working as a group of four together. And those two guys were just like friends that found each other in school. Cool. Yes, because they were both in the architectural program. And workaholics, apparently. (laughs) Yes. What artist isn't a a workaholic? Like, what artist is like, no, I can just leave it at the door and have a good time. None of us ever. (laughs) No. Uh, Weird circle of life (laughs) shit. Uh, Frank Lloyd Wright is a huge inspiration of McNair and Macintosh. Oh, wow. I mean, visually, I get it. He he made great drawings. he's, (laughs) He's actually mentioned in the textbook with the Glasgow school because from this school, the Glasgow style comes out. But Frank Lloyd Wright is mentioned because of the printing that he used to do where he would make borders of these very delicate curvilinear structures. Oh, yeah. okay. And so that's pretty similar to what ends up coming out of the Glasgow school. Um, here's my favorite thing. The So Margaret, Francis, Charles, and... Uh, why do I only have his initial uh, McNair? A lot of lot of fucking McNames here. Um, <laughs> hey, we're in Glasgow. It's because they were how do you Scottish. say it? Glasgow cow? Yeah, that's how you say it. cow, not co. Got it. Okay. <laughs> um, they are are known as the Glasgow Four. Okay, oh, that sounds cute. like a serial killer name, but. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds like they sound. like, like they did some crimes. Ooh, like the devil's it's rejects. So, uh, yeah. just by names, because I love this. So they were known as the Glasgow Four. Art critics called them the Spook School, Ghoul what? School, and uh, there was one other. So they called them Spook School. Why did they think they were so witchy? So you know how we talked about the Celtic revival. They were exploring themes of mysticism. They were exploring themes of ancient Celtic stories and myths Mm. and poetry. Um, And they were doing it like this. So what I'm going to start with is this poster that was made by... Oh, I guess he went by Herbert. Uh, Well, it was made by Margaret Francis and uh, McNair, who ends up being Francis's husband. So they are... beautiful. It's Mm -hmm. gorgeous work. So So it's this art new... I'm just going to describe it real quick. It's like an Art Nouveau poster, and there's a woman in front who almost her hair almost becomes like horns wrapping around the figure behind her. So she's in front. She's really tall. She's holding a flower. And then there's a figure behind her with their arms completely outstretched. And there's this super ornate, beautiful, like flowery border. It's really cool. I love this. Yeah, this is so beautiful. It's peak Art Nouveau. Their work is absolutely gorgeous. What's important to mention, though, beyond the structure of the piece, these are distorted, abstracted human forms. So they're... They're long, 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 almost in like a mannerist way. Yeah. Um, and they're ghostly. They're ethereal. It's large swaths of flat color. There's not a lot of detail in the faces. 
Um, it's all very abstract and Abner gets it. Okay. I know. I love the pink and green. Yes. No. And And it is super. They're like beautiful. They, they're super statuesque. It does also, even you talking about the, I don't know if this is why I'm seeing it, but the new Guinea influence, because they look like those kind of wood carvings that have those elongated faces and things. Well, yes. Also, this style lends itself more easily to printmaking, which is what that was. It was like, mm. a, you know, it was like a, a handbill or a I poster. Think it was a lithograph. So. That was a yeah. sick poster, yeah. So it's like three colors, right? You only print the black, the green, and the pink. So now you're nice. like limiting your color printing. So it makes sense, you know, why it would be abstracted for practical purposes as well. Ooh. Oh my God, they're huge. What? I was about to say, I did not so, realize they were that big. I didn't find this image until today. I uh, They're like two people tall, maybe? Yeah, they are, they are easily like larger 10 than feet life. tall. The figures yes. are the size of a real person. That's crazy. Yeah. They're taller yep. than a real person. Yes. It's crazy. Ooh, so I didn't really how this large other one they is were. sick too. The other one that's a little bit different with those wings or whatever that is. I love Yes. These. So this yeah, is all work cool. that's coming out of the Glasgow school and specifically the Glasgow four. And okay. so they're known as Sorry, real quick. School. How big is this school that they're making a name as four people? There's a ton. There's a ton of artists. Um, there's actually oh, a so group. So there are other people at this school. This is yes, just like a hotbed no. of cool people. Okay, got it. Yes. They're, so the Glasgow Four, they get their name because of how closely they work together and because of how influential they are in creating what is known as the Glasgow style. Uh, oh. But from the school, you have the Glasgow Boys and the Glasgow Girls. So it is a huge movement that ends up happening um and actually since we have been talking about the school i wanted to show you uh so mackintosh who ends up marrying margaret uh he designed the school's library and it is stunning it is tall long lines High ceilings. Oh, yeah, like, that's it's really just, pretty. I it's love beautiful. this. It's very angular. I wonder. Yeah. I, okay. I always wonder when there's like a close couple situation like that, whether like the dudes called dibs, like was one sister hotter than the other? Did they have to like draw straws? You know what I mean? Like, how do you decide like I'm into this one, you're into that one, and we like pair off, you know? Uh, I mean, I have no idea how it works. I just know that critics talked constantly about how their early work was full of sexual tension before oh. they got married. <laughs> so basically, like, they're, the four of them are working on pieces, and art critics are like, oh my god, this is These the horniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> um, I just love these horny kids making art together. They're like, my passion for you is larger than this line drawing of him. Like, cause oh, they're ma- you know what I mean? Like, just... Yeah. So... I was not ready for that on Chan. Let me find... That was, a, that was a breathy recreation. Oh, I... Here's the thing. I'm everyone at Everyone at 18 who's not fucking is breathily horny at all times. <laughs> and I know because 
I did not have a boyfriend until I was 18, and I did not know women could enjoy sex until I was 18, so. And you were just really breathy and horny until then. I was just, like, breathy and, like, angry for no reason. Like, I love that breathy is one of the adjectives. (laughs) So we've been talking a lot about the shared work. These, so the sisters, their work, this is my favorite thing in the world, is Mm. described as feminine, a fairyland fantasy, and a melancholy disquietude. I would date that description. I'm going to show you guys. (laughs) So this one is by Frances only. Oh, I um, love that. And you that. can actually see she signed it Frances McNair. So she was married at this point. That's beautiful. Um, so it's just a it's, completely a line drawing. Yes, it's completely line drawings. It's completely those curvilinear forms, those abstracted mm-hmm. curving lines that create an image. So it looks like there's three figures kind of like dancing together or something, or like three women in long dresses holding hands or this is yes. some witchy shit. It looks like it's uh, very witchy. It looks like a witchy like Lilith Fair poster. It's I will say though, it's not witchy, it's Celtic. <gasps> so oh, okay. She is still going back to these ancient Celtic designs, and that's part of where it does become this, oh, well, it's mysticism and it's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, but it's not, she's not drawing witches. I mean, maybe the witches from Hamlet, but okay, <laughs> it's not an idea that this is supposed to be representative of witchcraft because the, the sisters God. were Victorian Puritan. Like mm. that was their religion and they were deeply, deeply religious so this was all about culture for them. Yeah, because how did they feel about people giving them that name and all that then if they were super religious? You know, they never really talked about it. And the names were mm. derisive. Calling them spook school, calling them ghoul school uh, because their work was so distorted of the human form because of those elongated, ethereal soft like the ways in which that they they worked these feminine figures and they're just so it's almost like it's almost like lace that's really what it reminds me of i have a Um, question yeah was clint influenced by them we'll get there my love oh okay okay (laughs) so um but before we get to who they influenced I want to go through who influenced them. Okay. Um, so this one is Margaret, and this is a metal work. But you can see how similar the sister style absolutely. was because they worked it's so indistinguishable. closely together. Oh, yeah. Because when you say metal is. work, what is that made out of? Uh, metal. So it's like soldering and... <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Uh, that looks... That is a... It looks like a thing drawing. that she made out of thin pieces. Right. It's thin pieces of yeah. wire. Wow. Yes. Oh my God. That's insane. And then this is actually some of their metalwork. Oh, wow. So I didn't mention, but the sisters, they painted, they did stained glass, they did metalwork. Um, Francis did embroidery. And the thing about metalwork at the time, now you have this Celtic revival happening, and one of the main things from 
the ancient Celtic culture that's coming out are these ornate metalwork designs. Jewelry, uh, cloak pins, like just these beautiful, but they're so, so, so ornate. And also women weren't supposed to be doing metalwork. So these two women are doing metalwork, but it's considered dirty. It's considered too labor intensive. It's considered hard, too hard for a woman to do. So what this kind of metalwork is, though, is it's not, they're not like casting necessarily. This is a thin sheet of metal that you would get a hammer and you would make indentations in and then put a patina over to darken some areas. So it's not mm. the same as like using as necessarily like you're not soldering, you're not using heat, um, but Which it is like drawing, a, it's though, like carving. It's similar yes. to carving because you're almost using a chisel to stamp into the metal. And it's a very yes. laborious process and it does require some strength because you're essentially like hammering all day. Yes. No. And so it was considered like a dirty process. Like I said, a dirty process, a labor intensive process. And women weren't supposed to be doing that. So the <clears> fact <throat> alone that they did that was huge. Before we move on, I do want to show. So this is an idea of what the just how detail oriented Celtic designs were. So it oh, is that that Celtic oh, knot so pretty, idea yeah. where it's almost braided, but it's achieved in metalwork. So these are kind of the things that are starting to influence artists of the time. Because before we get to the sisters, we have early Art Nouveau, which, like I said, that's the French Art Nouveau, that's floral, that's that's uh, the UKOA floating world, um, like Toulouse-Lautrec, uh, but you also have the Impressionists in France. So there's a lot going on with this very, like, soft, uh, you know, it's, we're getting towards abstraction. And then the German Art Nouveau comes out. And that is a, a direct response to industrialization. So now you have organic lines. You have these like very flowy, flowery uh, images. The German Art Nouveau, that's Alphonse Mucha. Okay. I know that he does not sound German, but he moved to Germany because he really liked what was going on. Um, <laughs> Wait. <laughs> like the World Wars shit? This is like way fascism? before. This is the 1800s. There's been okay. no World Wars. Okay. Yeah, no, no, no. So, you like the art stuff that was going on? This is this happens to me all the time cuz I always say I want to go to Nuremberg and people are like horrified by it and I'm uh -huh. like, they only think of press. Listen, <laughs> I just want to see the first printing press. The turn of you saying that people going, "What?" and you being like, "For the printing press." It's, it happens every single time. <laughs> um, but no, the, I mean, the German Art Nouveau style is, that's where you get the flowers. When you think Art Nouveau, that happened in Germany. That's where that was. I had um, no idea. I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah. So, because the, the French Art Nouveau was not floral at all. It was those abstracted solid forms, like those those almost like woodblock looking prints. Um, and then it moves 
there where industrialization is really changing things. And so that is a, a response to that. And then the Glasgow Four come out and this Glasgow style comes out. And Gustav Klimt sees this painting by Francis and it oh, changed yeah. his world. That's absolutely oh, wow. beautiful. So what? So there's like two lovers, and it's a little bit hard for me to see on my screen. Is there like a family in the background? There's like a woman with a little girl. Yeah. Something? So this is this is one of Francis's very. It's called Sleep, um, and it's just those okay. very elongated, abstracted. Mm-hmm. Not sh- there's no shading. It's just very much. Um, these like haunting looking it's like slender man yeah kind of i was like this is like it's beautiful but this is absolutely reminiscent of something you would see on yeah like the illustration above a goth girl's story yes what would come to be that you know what i mean it it absolutely is this does look like stuff that I drew in my sketchbook when I was a freshman in high school and going through my mm-hmm. phases of like, this boy doesn't like me and there's always yeah. turmoil and like. Yes. Yes. So I only bring up this particular image because there are a ton I could have picked from because mm-hmm. I have this tattooed on me. Um, so this <gasps> is what inspired Klimt. Francis is what inspired Klimt to paint the freeze. And she was, I mean, the McDonald sisters themselves were hugely influential in the Vienna secession and in what eventually becomes the late period Art Nouveau. So mm. the Gustav Klimt, the... Um, Egon Schiele? Was he part of that? Or no? I think he might have been. I'm not entirely... Although I feel like... I'm just considering those elongated figures. I mean, he's not doing the Art Nouveau thing of, like, the heavy ornamentation necessarily. But I feel like... Yeah, but he still has that style of the, like, line drawings. I feel like Klimt is, like... I think Klimt feels like the McDonald sisters and Egon Schiele had a baby a little bit. Where there's, like... Heavy ornamentation, but also a little bit more realism than we're yes. seeing in the in the McDonald sisters. Yes, absolutely. Klimt does add so much more ornamentation and so much gold to his yes. pieces. And he's exploring other mythologies. So while the sisters are exploring Irish and Scottish mythologies, Klimt is exploring Greek mythology as well because some of his most famous posters for the Vienna like the covers of the Vienna secession um because it was like a monthly show and so there would be these posters that the artists would create they're beautiful uh but it's a counter to that floral style of Art Nouveau I mean this very much harkens back to if you when you're talking Irish revival like this very much feels like the book of Kells like the way that he's using gold leaf and elongating the figures and pattern and ornamentation like it's you know I feel how this connects to Irish tradition. And like no, absolutely. I'm showing art. you guys my tattoo because I have one of these coral ladies hey, the tattooed ladies. on my arm. Yes, because that's what I was going to say. I um, 
I looks like their feet are bound together. The main man and woman. In... Yes. So this piece, um, it's from a larger frieze, which is a painting that is done at the top of a ceiling. Um, and I can show you guys what that looks like really quick. Um, so this is the painting that he did for the Vienna Secession. It's several panels and it's a mm-hmm. lot of different uh, images. It is called the Beethoven Freeze and it's based on a song by Beethoven. Um, oh. And so that piece. Man, that dog gets around. <laughs> that piece specifically is called A Kiss to the Whole World. Um, oh. And that's why the lovers are bound together and they're oh, okay. so happy and they're kissing and that chorus mm-hmm. is singing and celebrating them. Yeah. Um, I don't know. If you tied me to any man, I don't think I would be that happy about it, even <laughs> if I loved that. Well, you can, well, that's you can just barely see the part of his head that's shown. And I couldn't see that person. I thought she was just fucking the sun. Like I just, oh, I was like, oh, that's so interesting. I thought it was even so. When you were saying like mythology and all the other things that they were exploring, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, this is something where some lady fucks the sun and then a choir's super amped about it. I'm on board. <laughs> I love that. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to decide. I didn't have my notes like super together, but I had all my. And notes. like you were saying, Andrea. That the gold is also reminiscent of Celtic heritage. Yeah, it what looks made... like the Book of Kells, which is this really old, orna- like ha- heavily ornamented book. Um, mm. And it looks, you know, it almost looks like medieval Bibles, uh. the way that but they would draw the margins did, and stuff like that. How did the sisters end up doing the style that they have that is so, like, not ornate like that and stuff? Well, their work, I mean, that was part of what made them so revolutionary is because... Mm. So Klimt happens after. He sees the way that they are drawing figures and he goes, mm-hmm. that's it. That's what I've been looking for. Okay. Um, and after that point he does kind of move away from very sculpted very like heavy rendering and into this more abstracted style but with the ornamentation that he uses um but the sisters so they the one of the people that they very much said influenced them is this guy and his name is aubrey beardsley and he was an aestheticist. Oh, cool. oh I love this. Yeah. yeah. So this piece is called The Climax, and it was created. <laughs> oh, shit. No, it's, so we're going to actually, I do want to backtrack before we get into the later lives of the sisters, um, because Aubrey Beardsley is the weirdest fucking person uh, I think that's ever walked this planet. Um, so he was involved in aestheticism, which was most notably Oscar Wilde is the most famous aestheticist. It, so this style, it was all about erotic, sensual, and the grotesque and making things for the sake of making things. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Beardsley, of his own work, said, I have one aim, the grotesque. If I am not grotesque, mm. I am nothing. Mm. Um, so this but it's like a beautiful gr- grotesque. I was about to say, this isn't gross at all. I love it. It is a beautiful grotesque. It is... I, it's, it is beautiful. It yeah. is difficult for me because this is... So it's called The Climax, and it's a an illustration of Salome kissing the head of John the Baptist after oh. she had him killed. So his... He hated women. It's really hard to... Mm. I love Beardsley. He only depicted women as these, like, destructive hags. I mean, even if you look at Salome, if you zoom in here, her face is all wrinkled and and gnarled and sharp. Someone's got mommy issues. That therapy doesn't exist yet. She looks... This is a very deep cut, but she looks like the drawing of the lady that comes to the high school in Daria when they try to get models. Oh, shit. Doesn't her profile kind of look like... (laughs) Her profile is similar to that lady's. Romanica. Amazing. (laughs) I never... Yeah, wow. I love that. And she tells the girls that um, you're... Says something about like some... Oh, says how rare Quinn, Daria's sister, she's like, Quinn is a bed and a, a barrel and a bed of ice stars. And that's how she's trying to get her to be a model. But yeah, she looks like that lady. And that lady is pretty hardcore. <laughs> it's, yeah. So Beardsley, he, he's ridiculous. So that, that piece was actually made for Oscar Wilde's play about Salome. Um, oh, and I would keep just, that playbill if you saw that and the title. That's pretty sick. Oh yeah, no, and he actually he <laughs> illustrated an entire uh, thing to go with the play. But <sighs> just as like a very quick aside about him, um, he only worked for six years before he died. Uh, how old was he when he died? Twenty five. Oh, my Whoa. God. He, Beardsley died at 25 from tuberculosis, oh, which he inherited TV, from his father, who died at 40 of tuberculosis, who he inherited from his father, who died of tuberculosis. So, what? like, all the men of this family just dropped dead. Oh, my um, gosh. Beardsley converted to, to, to Catholicism, like, a year before he died, and a month before he died, begged his friends to destroy all of his work and none of them listened and they just kept printing his stuff. Um, but yeah, uh-huh. so we only have six years of Beardsley's work because of his death at such a young age. Oh my goodness. Do you know why he wanted it destroyed? Because of his newfound faith? Yes. Okay. Because he was so repulsed by, cause he also, oh. a lot of his work had just big swinging dicks in them. Like, there was okay. so much nudity. Nice. There was, yeah. Mm. He was so uh, involved. Yeah. Thanks. The Thanks. idea of you being Wait on your deathbed, that was his, that was his, like, his search history. He was like, please, get rid of all the swinging dicks. Like, yeah. Oh, so this is my favorite picture. 
And this is a group of students from the Glasgow school who are just having a fun picnic in the park. And there's our little Francis right here in the corner. That's so um, And then the husbands are up here. That's uh, Macintosh and McNair up front. I don't... I think that the one next to Francis might be her sister, Margaret. They have I feel like faces. the lady in the center is the one that's like, I'm not paired up with anyone, but I still have a good time. Like, that's her <laughs> whole... Right. Yeah, there's the so, lady in the center that's obviously the one who's always like, look at me, guys, because she has like her arms <laughs> out and she's like, pay attention like, to me. I This may be one of the first pictures where someone kookily crosses their eyes. She's like almost making like a fish face. <laughs> there's There are a ton of pictures from these classmates and they're I all just it. having so much fun just out in, so much fun. in a field. Like it's just it's great. The idea um, of pictures finally being that fun where you're like, okay, y'all, funny face this time. Like, yes. Well, it's funnier because you have to hold it for so long. Like, it's not <laughs> like those. Remember, like, you would have, like, the wind-up cameras in eighth grade and you'd take them to a sleepover and have, like, 20 yes. horrible photos of your friends. But it's Absolutely. like that. But it's something that you have to, like, okay, guys, hold still for a full minute now. Right. Kooky daguerreotypes. And that's why all of those those images, they're all standing or sitting or, like, mm. there's very, like, they've picked their positions and they're just yes. they're having fun. There are some great photos of them just, like, out, uh, you know. It's just, it's it's really fun to see. I would always recommend looking up old photos of people because it's just a blast um, old photos of art students that's a good <laughs> no niche. exactly i mean that's I like part it. of where you're gonna get the weird shit start like, that thread jordan <laughs> oh i will um so i found this great infographic uh that just kind of shows who they were uh this was helpful for my brain and the way that i process things for so sure. margaret margaret marries Charles Rennie McIntosh, Francis marries James Herbert McNair. I knew I had his name somewhere, James. And they drift apart after this happens. And then they start working closely with their husbands. So Margaret and Charles, who, I mean, Charles ends up becoming the one whose name escapes into the mainstream and she's working very very close with him um this is a design that they did together for an interior um i just want to show it to you guys so you can see their signatures uh so this is designed by charles in oh, so 1901 beautiful. and even as a drawing this exists as art, you know, like it almost yes. feels like it's in the same style, even though it's clearly like an interior architectural drawing. So part of the reason that 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 it feels like that is because Margaret designed these panels and these lights. Um, these roses are actually a specific Macintosh rose and you can look up tutorials on how to draw them correctly. Wow. Because they um, draw it like or He draws it the same every time and it okay. is very, very apparent in his work. Cool. Um, this is the finished product of what that room ends up looking <gasps> like. Oh my god. It looks the same as the drawing. 
It does. And she made all of these because she was a glass worker and a metal worker. So she designed these lights. She designed these windows. Um, Insane. Because what is that in the back? Is that like an armoire or something? Uh, I think it's a fire. Oh, no, it's a piano. This is called the... um, It's called the Room of a Music Lover. So that is a piano in the back. That Um, was beautiful. Yes. And actually, I don't even know where to throw this in. It's just, it's very, very sad because the sisters were not as close as they were when uh, Francis ends up dying very young. Um, And both of these women who together are, they have such a hugely strong body of work. And separately, they have such a strong body of work they are then absorbed into their husband's legacies and not talked about. So one of the most frustrating things, I was trying to find an image today and I came across a picture of a curator standing in front of that first poster that we looked at where Francis Margaret and James McNair had designed it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And the exhibition, and this is like the image that they used for the exhibition. And the exhibition was called Charles Macintosh. His name isn't on that one. He didn't work on that poster. Those were the three. And those women are the ones who made that. So it really, like, I, I know. It really grind your ears. I cried because I was so Jordan. upset that... They had such a huge body of work mm-hmm. in so many mediums. In so they were so respected when it was just the two of them. They had solo shows. They mm-hmm. had exhibitions all over Europe. Well, even and the in their fact, time for women to be that respected was incredible. Yes. Well, and, and why did everyone just all of a sudden default to using just his name? Was it was his architecture super famous or something? His architecture is very very famous. Okay. Um, but their their legacies and their bodies of work is just like overshadowed. Not even overshadowed because they worked so closely with their husbands and their husbands' design firms. Both women end up kind of absorbed into their legacies instead of just like anyone acknowledging that they can that they are artists in their own right that they have mm-hmm. this stand. And I personally, part of what I think it is. So, Margaret died in uh, 1922, mm-hmm. 1921. Um, or, no, I'm sorry. Francis died in 1921. Margaret died in 1933. Well, then World War II happens. And then this move towards the housewife and this kind of reclaiming of you know, traditionalist values. So I think that what ends up happening is that much like most female artists, they just kind of get erased because that's what fits the narrative is that there was Mm. this brilliant man named Macintosh and he designed, I I have to talk about these chairs uh, because (laughs) A, I'm going to cry and B, Everyone was designing these. I couldn't. I looked up McNair and Macintosh, and this is what their their chairs. It's oh all these high back chairs. These look wildly uncomfortable, but cool. 
I know. And it's just this like tall chair. I don't know. So I just seeing that and seeing that because the other thing was that after after this, the reason that it's called the Glasgow Girls is because people are only talking about the Glasgow Boys and they're doing these art shows and these exhibits and these looking, you know, these retrospectives on the men who went to the Glasgow School of Art. So in 1990, as kind of a poke at that, there is a retrospective of the Glasgow Girls put on by female artists. Oh. Um, and so it is the work of women who attended the school, including Yay. the four. Uh-huh. Or including the McDonald sisters. Wow. Yeah. So it's just, so that happened in 1990, and that's just a really beautiful uh, thing. But seeing that, that exhibit that, that happened, because that was way contemporary. And it really hurts to see that, okay, so they have this incredible body of work, and it is still just the Charles Macintosh and the Glasgow style. Mm. Yeah, I, I think it's really frustrating for me sometimes when I think about it because in art school, there is a distinctive shift where there are more female artists than male artists. But mm. even today, male artists are more likely to gain popular recognition and be shown in galleries. And so it's like, okay, there's fucking more of us and I know I can paint better than this asshole. So why the fuck are we just not giving women the voices that they deserve and so it's like it's crazy to be like oh yeah this has just been happening yeah no it's it's a constant i mean it, you can even go back to artemisia like that Absolutely. she wouldn't have been found if one archivist hadn't seen oh i have this one painting i'm really curious about it like that's yeah that's how women end up being lost to history so but on a, I mean, just to end this on a positive note, the McDonald sisters, and yes, I did pull up an image just to have it in the background while I monologue. Uh, no, the McDonald sisters, they were revolutionary. They were ahead of their time, but so of their time. And I think that that is an important thing to remember is mm -hmm. that these are women who are working towards just being able to survive and make the art that they want to make. And mm -hmm. one of the best uh, kind of anecdotes from the Glasgow school is that in between classes, because there were so many female students, the, they were sewing banners for the women's suffer, suffrage movement in between in classes. Between. <sighs> That's adorable. I love that so much. So just, I mean, the the confluence of everything that happened to make them who they were and the work that they left behind is yeah. just amazing. And the one so. sister had passed away, but do we have any information on the other sister saying anything about Charles and how, and if the other husband was around? Because they were all making stuff together. So how did all of this become just his name at all? So... It becomes mostly just his name because he is the one who gains the notoriety and gains the popularity. Okay, so he just won out, but also yes. so much of the pre-couple the pre work, period, you know what I mean? 
Yes. No. And that's the thing. Like, I have seen just in doing, in looking at stuff for this episode, seeing so many, you know, the husband or the, the wife of Charles McIntosh. The wife of, wow. and they don't even mention her name. Her name was Margaret. Right. I have a friend who I collaborate on Glasswork with a lot. And yeah. she was interviewed for on a podcast and they showed a bunch of our collaborations and did not credit me. And I had Fuck. to write them and be like, these are collaborations. Like I designed this. I painted this. Like you cannot just credit one person in this. And it happens no. all the time. And it's really fucking mm. annoying because someone like mm. messaged me the other day and they're like, you're friends with a lot of glass artists. Like, how does that fit in? And I'm like, I am a professional glass artist. Oh, my God. Like, what are you talking about? The good thing, though, like, I don't want to completely put it on Charles McIntosh. It is not his fault that the way that history has shaken out has completely Absolutely. erased all of these. It's not on him. I don't believe for a second that he is the one who was pushing for their names to be erased because he included... Margaret's name on every piece that she worked on. Oh, so all of so those architecture plans, the drawings, absolutely he included mm -hmm. her name right in the center at the bottom. Mm -hmm. His name is off yeah. to the side. Hers is right in the center that she was the one who made the panels. Right. So I, I don't think that it's on him. I yeah. think that people really like the narrative of a singular artistic genius. Yes. And I think it's a lot easier for people to grasp and connect to is this like lone artist idea. But I think that so many artists create collaborations and some of their best work are collaborations. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I like working with well, other and people. What you were it's saying, fun. Jordan. And what you were saying, Jordan, where maybe they were like, mm, let's not push the narrative of a working couple creating amazing things together because we're, we need all of these women taking care of whatever else right now. No, and I can absolutely see that being the narrative. On a happy note, I should mention that uh, these two couples are called the power couples of the arts and crafts movement. Aww. So... <laughs> Because as much as Margaret was involved in uh, in Macintosh's work, Francis was involved in McNair's. She was working in his design studio with him collaborating on pieces. Right. Stuff. So it really is this thing where these two sisters start by collaborating so closely with each other that they can't distinguish between the pieces and end mm -hmm. up collaborating so closely with their husbands that the same thing happens. Did any of them have kids or anything? I don't know, actually. Because I'm just wondering, because like at this time, for women to be working at all, even with their husbands, was like pretty cool. Super weird. You know? Yeah, yeah no, it's pretty totally awesome. Totally not a normal thing that was happening. Um, and the fact, like, I, I mean, these ladies were fucking badass. Metalworking. They had their own studio. They were doing solo exhibitions. They were touring. They were selling their work. Like, these are things that are not normally. Oh, sorry. I just saw a really cute thing because I was looking up if Margaret had children. Uh, she was and... really, oh. <laughs> oh. Well, it said Margaret McDonald. 
visionary. <laughs> that just made me really happy. Um, yeah. I can't see anything about either of them having kids. Okay. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't say. It just lists them, their siblings, their spouses. Doesn't say. So I don't. I don't believe that they had kids. They were too busy making things. Everyone was. Yeah. So. Yeah, those are they were the making McDonald's different sisters. kinds of babies, like amazing pianos <laughs> that look. I don't know. That looks like Art Nouveau. So I love. I've been trying to think of a way to explain it this whole time, where it's just like it does have this like gothic almost, but it's organic. It's like us. It also is kind of indicative of the way sometimes spaceships and things will be designed now and like sci-fi yes. things and stuff. You said, Katrina said spaceships and then Jordan pulled up a dresser that yep. just looks like a spaceship. Like what the fuck? Yes. That was so perfect. It's insane. This is a, a McNair That's so beautiful. design. It's a That's smoking crazy. cabinet. crazy. What? This it's is a, beautiful. This will have to be, we have to put this on Instagram because it's fucking amazing. It's beautiful. Oh, I'm, I'm putting oh, yeah, all, all of this. them on. I got the, I'm I got all it already these shapes and Hell lines. Yeah. But yeah, I just like this style it's in general. A, but I, I love what Margaret did with her husband, but I feel like it is, it just makes me want to see more of the figures and things. It's still different. You know what I mean? Yes, no, and those panels, I mean, most of the time when she was working with him, it, it included those figures, because she would make sconces. Oh, okay. okay. She would make these, those metalwork sconces that I showed you. Um, yeah. That was Francis and Margaret created those, but both of the women continued, even after marriage, to create mm-hmm. uh, clocks. They made uh, wall Ooh, sconces. Okay. They made light fixtures. They, ah. they really just did everything, and that is, I mean, mm-hmm. they were a huge part of the uh, arts and crafts movement. And I guess I kind of, I kind of asked this early, but like, do we not know anything about how they felt about, you know, being like, you know what? Everything is so collaborative that now I do the same thing with, you know, this person that I love that I used to do with my sister and we just don't know how they felt about any of that. Okay. I don't think either of them kept a diary, so it is oh, one yeah. of those things. And it's so old, it's like, how would you know? Right. They wouldn't have been interviewed. Um, right. Art art critics that were been talking nice. about their work. It would have been. <laughs> um, but no, I, I haven't come across any letters. I haven't come across anything like that. Um, okay. If you want, like, a quick... Uh, run through there's a great JSTOR daily article called the Scottish sisters who pioneered art nouveau um mm-hmm. and that's it's very very short it's the the information that we have about them is not as extensive as it would be for macintosh that's just mm-hmm. the unfortunate reality of the fact that yep. these women were ignored for so long Yep. Like the only way we would have known is if he decided to write a ton about like, oh, my wife's great. And also her and her sister were super close before we even met. Like, <laughs> yes. No, I had cause... to put some like deep cut shit in there. Yes. No. And I mean, even uh, Gustav Klimt said that he saw sleep by Francis and it completely inspired him. Um, so it's yeah. The McDonald sisters, they were just incredible women. 
Yeah, that's awesome, Jordan. I had I didn't even know who they were at all, so that's so cool. I even saw I went and saw um like an Art Nouveau show. I think I can't remember what museum it was at, but it included um William a lot of William John Morris stuff. Okay. I think he And is, I think I saw I think he was in the Glasgow school. Yeah, I saw some of those that style of print, but I didn't realize where they came from or that it was a collaboration. So like that's super cool. Yeah, no, and the Glasgow school, I mean, like I said the list of designers that came out both male and female that came out of that school is a mile long. Like that was a hugely influential and part of what kind of put it on the international stage was the McDonald sisters. That's super cool, dude. So thanks. I'm sorry if it was a little uh, scatterbrained. I know I get a little too passionate and kind of run over myself. (laughs) You didn't at all. It was great. And like you said, or like Andrea said, I had no idea that these women existed or about the Celtic revival that was happening within, you know what I mean? Glasgow. So thank you. Yeah. Um, Thanks, Jordan. That was awesome. Yeah. Thank you all so much for listening to another episode of Pavant Guard. Um, if you enjoyed listening to Jordan get passionate about women getting the, their art credit where credit is due, you can listen to that happen on multiple episodes and follow us <laughs> on Instagram and Twitter <laughs> at P-O-D-V-A-N-T-G-A-R-D-E. And we also have a Facebook um, group of the same name and you can see a link to our Patreon in the episode description. Hell yeah. Dude. Oh, and if you like me, uh, I'm Katrina. You can follow me at Katrina Savad, just K-I-T-R-I-N-A-S-I-V-A-D. It's just Davis backwards on everything that things are on. And I actually started TikToking when I was in Denver yesterday. All of the things yes. that buildings make me feel. Amazing. So that's probably, <laughs> I don't care about Twitter, but I am a stand-up comic and they make you have things. So now that's what I think mine is going to be is just buildings and structures. So far, the best reviewed, best viewed one is me uh, roasting a building that looks like an abandoned circus. I love it. So yeah, that's. We don't roast buildings enough because, like, who is it? We don't. Really. Oh, I have stuff I have to drive to to TikTok now because I constantly just drive by certain things and have beef with them. (laughs) I have coming up uh, the most pretentious address I've ever seen in my life that I will tell you guys about whenever we're off here. And then also I want to do a series of car places that look like they should sell donuts. Cause there's a bunch of places in LA Incredible. that look like they should sell donuts or hot dogs and they freaking don't. And it's so stupid. <laughs> Building I love this. with Katrina Davis. Yes. Yeah, yes. because I'm the Would opposite. Watch. I get drunk and I drag Keith around and I go, do you see how they moved away from the ornamentation style? Because this is what is the international <laughs> style now. And they just wanted to get rid of all the excess facade. And he's like, uh-huh. I'm just like, this building looks like a Dutch stick of butter. And I don't know how to explain that, but that's what it is. Like, that's it's some wild I stuff would. on there.
I would absolutely do like pay for a tour that is Katrina and Jordan driving around. Jordan is drunk. Katrina's sober. Jordan's roasting the building, being like, this is the history and you should know. And Katrina's like, that looks like a stick of butter. 10 out of 10. <laughs> give me a ticket. I fucking want it. Being like, like, Jordan's talking about buttresses. And I'm like, I don't know why, but that house's name is Jim. Next house. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's the kind of connection that I'm having with buildings. It's just shit that barely makes sense. Oh, I love it, dude. Fuck yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so please follow Katrina on the TikTok. Uh, if you guys want to give us money, which would be super cool so we can pay our editor, uh, you can do that uh, on Patreon at patreon.com slash pavantgarde. The link Katrina- will be in the thing. The link is always in the show notes. I did a gasp because I met Elliot. How was oh, he? Yeah. Was he great? Yeah. He seems really sweet. He is. We love you, Elliot. I'm so excited. I'm going to see him more in real life. Hopefully it shows and stuff. But it was so fun. So he, like, no joke, at the end of the show just came up to me and went, I'm Elliot. And for oh. half a beat, I was like, okay, cool. And then I was like, oh, shit. Ellie, like, it clicked. Yeah. So that was fun. That's we love you, so Elliot. Awesome. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Elliot it's has like his own podcast. Us, yeah. Oh, I was yeah. Say, talk about his podcast. Oh, yeah. Elliot has his own pad- podcast called Teach Me a Lesson. And Katrina's boyfriend was on it. So if you want to delve deeper into oh, the yeah. metaverse of this show, you can go follow Teach Me a Lesson podcast and meet Elliot and be friends with him too. Yeah, Elliot's awesome. He's great. And Andrea, where do people follow you? Oh yeah, um, if you like me as a person, you can find me on Instagram at Andrea Gazetta. I have a website where I sell art, andreagazetta.com. Um, I'm gonna be dropping some Pokemon soon, so Pokemon. check that out. And I will be having a solo show in milwaukee wisconsin at var gallery on april 9th so if you are in the area and you want to come say hi come say hi i'd love to meet you um yeah it'll be really fun var gallery var gallery is great that they do the 30 by 30 jordan's done that i've done that oh yes Um, i remember when you did that it's my favorite gallery josh is my friend and he kind of lets me do whatever i want so it's really fun yeah And Katrina, Thanks, you have a cool thing coming up in April too, right? I do. We'll have like more info probably on a later episode, but I have an experimental comedy show coming up um, called The Comic is Present, um, where you get to sit with me for 60 seconds and say or do whatever you want at me within reason and I do not react. And then once 50 people have done that, I will do 50 minutes of comedy based on whatever energy information opinions i've absorbed in that time from those humans so i have a question to that yeah are you gonna take notes or is it all just in the mind up here okay i'm gonna take notes it's so funny every comic has asked me that every comic is just (laughs) like if this bitch does 50 off the dome i'm gonna fist fight her in the street i'm not it's fine chill um <laughs> i can hear in every comic's voice so you're gonna have a notepad yes i'm gonna have a notepad we're all it's fine i'm not fucking the rain man of stand-up comedy um but, okay, but it would be yeah, awesome if you I mean, were though <laughs> I, 
I just immediately know how many one-liners to do in a five-minute set just off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, so it's called The Comic is Present. It'll The first one is April Fool's Day on a Friday. So it's April 1st and 2nd. And if you want more information for that, it's at all of my stuff that I listed earlier. Sweet. Perfect. Yeah. And then I am Jordan, if you want. All the crazy art shit that I post uh, that is at the Goonie Bird Crafts. I'm teaching myself how to make Spanish lace right now. So if you want to get on what? my learning journey, uh, join me at oh, Goonie Bird Crafts. Oh, is this with Crafts. your sexy-ass cool crochet group? Or are you doing this by yourself separately? I'm doing it by myself, but I found out about it because of the Embroiderers Guild. Through the group. So. Hell oh yeah. God. Give it and up. I'm so excited for this. <laughs> I've been researching uh, the history of Spanish lace. <laughs> so, uh, welcome to Nerd Town, bitches. What, which, is, which is like, I think the closest that a person can be to being a spider is making your own <laughs> lace. Like, that's the only other thinly threaded thing I know a thing can make on its own. That's crazy impressive. It's, uh, it's all I do. <laughs> I feel like in terms of the way that Jordan approaches art, she was born in the wrong century, but the way that she is as a person, she should have been born 50 years from now. So I love this mixture of person that you are. No, it's Keith asked me what my dream job is, and I told him it hasn't existed since the 1650s. So like, it's not going to happen mm-hmm. for me, and that's fine. I'm never going to be able to professionally make tapestries for a living. That's just what my life is going to be. Eh, not the way you know that we make them now. There, it's, you you missed, it's like a bus. You missed one, but there might be another one coming that we don't know about. It can't fully explain yet. <laughs> You're about to pop on some shit in like five years that we don't know the name of yet. I mean, in all honesty, I'm I'm... Despite not having a dream job, I am very content with uh, just trying to keep alive anachronistic craft. That's, I'll bind the yeah, books. Maybe I'll you do don't the have a job. Like you don't have a job, but you have a dream. And exactly. so you're just doing that part and it doesn't yeah. really matter. I'm just imagining mm. Jordan in a bar and like kind of shady, like looking around and she's like, you want to hear about some Spanish lace? <laughs> <laughs> and she just like opens a trench coat and it's beautifully handcrafted <laughs> and they're like get her there she is again get that crack girl out of here and she like her hustles out with her trench coat of lace <laughs> she's flashing so the children with her lace again she's in there with her lace again uh yeah that's where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. Follow Jordan for more amazing parts of her lace legacy. Her soon to be lace legacy. Absolutely. So yeah, thank you all so much for listening to another episode and we'll hear you soon. We never hear people. I never say <laughs> be able. Damn it. Thank you all. We love you. We love we you. We love you. Bye. <laughs>
I'm asking for your help a little bit today because Jordan, Katrina, and I are all comedians and artists who don't have any experience editing sound. And because this is a sound-based medium, we have asked an editor to help us with our episodes. Um, we had a few issues early on with some of the early recordings and we're working on getting those sorted out. Um, and part of that is just having an audio engineer. So in order to be able to actually pay him and pay him a fair rate, uh, we're asking for your help. We've set up a Patreon, patreon.com slash podvantgarde. And our goal is that we can pay him not from our own pockets, but from the resources of the show itself, which means we need your help. Um, we're also planning on starting to release bonus episodes. We'll start with one a month. Um, and as that Patreon rate increases, we'd like to eventually expand that to a bonus episode every week. And the bonus episodes will be more, um, a little bit more loose fit. We'll be covering art, uh, like current events and weird things that happen because there's a lot of like weird stuff going on in the art world right now, um, especially around NFTs, especially around AI. And I think it's really interesting and worth talking about, but we just need to be able to pay someone to edit that bonus content. Um, I would also say that in terms of the time cost, you know, Katrina, Jordan, and I all are supporting ourselves outside of this show. This show takes a lot of time. I'm probably spending at least three days a week with every episode just researching. We're buying books. Um, Katrina's editing the time codes. She's building our website. She's doing all our social media. Jordan is also researching her own episodes. And my goal for the Patreon is just that it can become something that, you know, we're not looking to get rich. I don't think that's ever been our goal. I don't think we ever think that could be our goal. But what I'd like to be able to happen eventually is that the Patreon can become a way for us to just pay ourselves a living wage for the time that we invest into this show. My experience uh, with Cult Podcast um, is that it's really hard to make a show every single week and not have other financial resources. So what I want is that this Patreon can eventually become a financial resource for us. It can help us support ourselves and it can help us to continue putting the show out so that we don't get burnt out and want to pull our hair out. Um, we love you so much and we think that the show is really important. I personally think that we need more podcasts that cover history and art history from a feminist, anti-colonial queer perspective and that's where we're coming from as artists and as art historians and comedians we love you we love this show thank you so much for supporting it that's again at patreon.com slash and thanks guys <laughs>